Hello, welcome to the One Life Podcast, where we talk about things from One Life Church, but ultimately things we think can relate to you and your one and only life. I'm one of your co-hosts, Sarah Inman, and I'm joined by our lead pastor and co-host of the podcast, Brett Nicholson. Super glad to be here, by the way. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be fun. And we're also joined by our friend, Matt Breivogel, who is our creative arts director. And, um, and he's our, been on before, well. correct? Yeah, yes. you've been on before. Yeah, I have. Yeah, but this is going to be extra good, though. It's going to be great. It's, yeah, that's right. It's, it's going to be right in your zone. I think so. I, I think I've been looking forward to this conversation. So what we're planning on doing today is uh, we just finished up a series called Centered, and it's um, seven weeks of, of asking the question, what is a worldview? Answering some of these questions that are, we called the most important and meaningful questions of life, or some of those. And you can actually go to onelifechurch.org slash centered, watch all of the films, the short films, and go through any of the content that um, our friend Zach Bilo, who's been on the, who was actually on the last two weeks of the podcast with us, helped me co-host, um, wrote all that content. Uh, you can use as as discussion uh, topics or even just kind of going through them yourself, which is pretty cool. So I yeah. uh, have an opportunity to watch those if you haven't watched any of the films that we're going to be discussing today. But we just want to talk about that creative process from the Centered series. And there was a lot uh, that went into it. So it's kind of fun to just go through and, and talk about what that looks like and be able to go through um, and remember some of the fun things that we did to make that happen. That's right. There's a lot to remember. It was it, it was fun, and it was kind of got in the zone of 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 you guys' gifts, obviously. And uh, and and I and I wish people in our church would know a little bit more about what goes into those things, just because uh, I I do deeply appreciate the the talent that we have on staff and the people that we have access to, and it's it's fun. I, w- I want people to know that. So yeah, and I was trying to think when we were talking earlier just about how much work and what we really produced for the series. If in my time at One Life for the last seven and a half years or more uh if anything has come close to this and i really don't think that there is one i don't think so yeah i when was we thinking were the, first talking about yeah. it we saw that 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 was kind of yeah that's going to happen <laughs> <laughs> that's cool especially yeah. when it, we take into account so um there were seven short films so we can talk about that um seven short films that went along with seven weeks of brett teaching um, along that kind of matched up with the short films and not only that but Brett did all the writing of the scripts and that's one thing that I don't know if everyone knows that and I think right. should people um, should know and to continue to celebrate that not only were you um, this was a, something that was in your head that turned into an idea that turned into films and teaching but it was also something that you were very much a part of the creative process and um, making it happen without you it doesn't happen so thank you Brett for all the work that you did on well, it. Well I appreciate so. that very much no I, I enjoy it and then we also have have to note that it went all the way down to kids Correct. so that was mm-hmm. why that was where the real discussion we had a retreat last year around this time do we want to do this or not and we all decided but we all put on a board how many films how much stuff would have to go into if we wanted to produce something for kids as well <laughs> and it looked yeah truly as overwhelming as it ended up being <laughs> yep. so and, at least we knew it going in and at that time we still had it at nine weeks instead of seven yes Correct, so, yeah. yeah that's right and i think that was maybe what a month or two out when you had like, let's go to seven weeks. I've been thinking about that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. That's <laughs> <laughs> so old. That's, that's right. Idea. You never talk anybody in any. <laughs> so um, let's just even start from the initial idea. So was there a point where, and, and here at One Life, we, we've used the term worldview frequently. And so I know it's something that's kind of hopefully cultural for us, but it's not something that we believe everyone is kind of processing and thinking about. Was right. there a point for you, Brett, where you said, I really want to do a, a series or just even have conversations about worldviews? Well, in some ways, it's always been there because it was something that, it, going 
back to college, when I was exposed to that kind of thinking, it was revolutionary to me. Uh, just asking the question that way, uh, Francis Schaeffer and some, I've mentioned things like that on the podcast before and in my teaching. It was just revolutionary in terms of helping me really understand the faith, especially in the context of the 21st century world with pluralism and all those kinds of things. So that was, it goes back that early. And we tried to do, some people don't remember this. Uh, it was back, back when Austin Maxheimer was on staff. In the first couple or three years, we tried to do a series about worldview. And it was probably the biggest dud of a series we've ever done. I mean, it was every, I could tell everybody was looking at me like, what are you talking about? This makes no sense. It was called winning the game. Yep. That's what it was. That's yeah. Right. And that was our first stab and the stab I had to admit and Austin, and I both just admitted that, okay, that didn't work. It was, it was rough. I remember that because yeah. there was the, the, the idea was kind of around the game of like when people say like, I lost, is that the, do you remember that? Do you remember that? I barely just, remember. No, but you I just barely say, like, remember. I yeah. lost, and you're like, "What?" And then it's like the whole idea behind the game is like, ever, someone else is in on it, and they're like, "Oh, yeah. I lost because now I'm thinking about the game." Um, I remember. I we use that as an illustration. Yeah. Yeah, it was trying, the game concept was a metaphor for what worldviews is. You can explain them in a lot of different ways. We explained them this time with the questions and, right. uh, angle, but we were trying to do it with the game angle there, which seemed brilliant when we first started, but it ended up not brilliant. I remember our group trying to get through the content. I, it was fun. Like you said, trying to get through the content. We were trying. To get the, it yeah. was, <laughs> but that was so, my point being that this has been a passion since the very beginning, yeah. and we did make a stab at it, and I always wanted to come back to it because I knew that was a swing and a miss. But I thought, oh, I want another shot at this. And, and then when we made our vision statement, when we changed our vision statement, introduced it to the church in 2018, planting churches devoted to changing the secular world via the next generation, uh, we, we talked a lot about the next generation. Uh, we're, in 2020, we're going to talk a lot about church planting. But I was just thinking and praying over, okay, changing the secular worldview. Where a lot of people don't even know what that means. They don't care. It's just not language we're not used to using. I thought, well... We really need to talk about that if that's going to be the thing that's on uh, mm -hmm. the plaque on the wall, so to speak. We need to understand this. So that was the genesis of it is like, how do we just have a thing that deeply explains it? So the average one lifer will kind of say, yeah, I know exactly what that means. What's going on? Yeah. And I think I remember even the first conversations coming up and I was like, that sounds great. But in my head, I still couldn't see it. Like I'm very right. much like I've got to mm -hmm. have an idea of what that looks like. And, and the retreat was really helpful on that when we were discussing it. But then... Uh, as the year came, started happening, like it was becoming more and more of a thing. Like we have to think about this. Like, what is this going to look like? And um, it, it turned out to be something that I don't even think it was my expectation. So much further than what my expectation was. It was, it was great. So. Yeah, because if it helps anybody, I was pretty lost on the beginning <laughs> too, because I didn't know what it was going to look like either. I literally, well, and we this happened to the podcast. I yeah. remember doing a podcast from a cabin yep. in Southern Illinois. Because in last January, I. I literally rented a cabin in, in the Shawnee National Forest and just secluded myself away just to think about this series, and that was it. And and at first, I was panicking because I thought, okay, I know what I want to do, but I don't know what I want to do. This this is really, really hard. So, mm -hmm. But in that two days, I outlined uh, kind of the basic thing. But the original thing that I presented before the staff was it, it was to communicate the concept of worldview in a way from adults all the way down to kids and include students because we can get next generation in and something that is packageable to another church could use. Now, whether or not any church ever uses it, that's a secondary question. But the idea was use all original material because if that's going to be our vision statement, 
this needs to be something we own from beginning to end and make it our own piece. And, mm-hmm. and then it also trains us to help develop, you know, kids ministry uh, materials and all that kind of thing. And that was the challenge that everybody kind of got on board with, but also everybody thought, Oh wow, if we do this, it's going to be a lot of work. It's a lot of, yeah. a yeah. lot, And that's something. So Matt, that we can discuss a little bit. So we talk about making a video. I think people come in and they see something that's created and they see it on screen and think, Oh, wow, you guys made that cool. But people don't know all the, the work that goes in behind making a film, a short film, or even a video, even especially doing them back to back weeks for seven weeks. Mm-hmm. If you were explaining like kind of a little bit of that process to someone, what would you say? Like, how would you explain oh, that a little bit? Well, you have to go back. I mean, just for what we were trying to do, we weren't just. You, it's hard to even call it making videos because, like you yeah. said, we were branding an entire package. And so just even calling it centered, it starts there. We, we like, you know, it's the (laughs) centered series, but let's create a cooler name for it. And we couldn't. Right. We (laughs) We had a bunch of brainstorming about that. It was the name we started with and the name we ended with. And it came back to the most simplistic thing. And that's what you have to do sometimes, which probably made it more marketable in the end. It's just simple. Simple sometimes is best. And then create the logo. We create the branding and then everything kind of has to keep that idea and feel like that really was Brett's brainchild he was kind of the art director of it all he had an idea for it and he just kind of set us off with that and kind of tried to use our skills and talents and eyes and to go get the imagery and the footage and the graphics and start putting it all together with a few basic ideas um but yeah i mean very basic yeah <laughs> well you got creation and then yeah. you have the fall and then but you had some visual pretty, ideas that you yeah. were interested in and in right. the way you wanted to look and the type of things that you saw in your head the type of things you want us to get footage of. And um, I think we tried to look at some different types of footage. We wanted to get more things that fit into like a, all into this metaphor of centered possibly. Um, We probably didn't do as much of that as we thought we were going to at one time. Um, We got more generic with some of the footage, but yet it still felt right. And so then, you know, you wrote the scripts, you know, we worked through those. And then as soon as the scripts were written, I'm very visual. So Mm -hmm. as I'm reading that, I'm seeing pictures and, you know, in my head and stuff like that. And I'm imagining um, animations and text that can go with different things and pop different words. And we, from the jump, wanted it to be more than just video, though, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, what's funny is about the order of things that I didn't start writing the actual scripts until we went on the trip where we got the footage. Right. Because, and the reason we went on a trip to get footage was because we knew we needed all original content. We couldn't purchase it all. That would be more expensive than going on a trip. So, and we wanted to own all the material. So we thought, but then we thought, well, there's only so much footage you can get around uh, the tri-state area. So someone had the brilliant idea of going out west and uh, did it on a shoestring budget. It was amazing. One of those, uh, you know, the frontier type airlines mm-hmm. where you can get, you know, just real cheap Brett, flights. Let me just tell you guys, those. Brett is really good at making a peanut butter sandwich. I know. Like, he yeah. crush it, like, and then a little bit later in the day, and, like, turn, he turns around, he pulls out this bag, and he's got another peanut butter sandwich. You were ready all no, day. Okay, a lot well, of peanut butter a little sandwiches. context to that is, right. when we're on this shoestring budget <laughs> trip, that means we were went to grocery and bought a bunch of peanut butter and jelly and bread and right. fruit, and that's where pulling over at like rest stops making ourselves <laughs> sandwiches so we in between shooting that's things. right but brett put more peanut butter on a sandwich than anyone i've ever <laughs> seen amazing. in my entire life that's right and my family knows me that way too yeah. that's right i take like a quarter of the jar and goes 
like that. And I said, that was the memory for a lot of the team watching me make peanut butter yeah. sandwich. So, but, but we were there and we, and that's why we went out West and we were able to do it. And we went there and we just filmed like crazy. And that's all we did for a few days. But I hadn't written anything uh, up to that point. I was, so I was literally in the car where everybody had cameras and running around taking shots. I was just kind of looking around and going, okay, here we go. And just got my laptop out and was sitting in the car. We were driving down the road and mm -hmm. uh, just started writing scripts and, and the imagery, it's like the idea for what we needed to do came first. And then uh, came the ideas for the scripts and just kind of watching what was even being filmed. It's like right. I needed to see it first. And then it started kind of coming together a little bit. The, the idea of the trip, and um, I still was, I'm, I'm learning so much about how I process things, but like I was still in this process of like, I don't understand what we're doing. And so I was even had that. <laughs> Well, it, when we went on the trip right. and I can say 100% now that that was so beneficial for us to be there because we got to spend um, a few days specifically thinking only about that and regardless of what right. you're doing in your job um, throughout the week you can say you're focusing on one thing but there's five six other things that pop up just automatically because it's either part of a normal day or someone comes in your office or you get an email or you know we we love um uh you know, being able to connect with people throughout the week, but that also distracts you from something else. And being able to just focus on it was incredible. But I think when you read the first script, we were in the car, mm -hmm. you read the first script, that was the first part. I was like, yeah, I get it. Like, I'm finally starting to understand what's... Like, well, it was good what, to know, because yeah, that was going. all like and, on day two and a half, or yeah. three, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but in general, I mean, I think that, um, yeah, I think that being able to focus on it directly was so beneficial. Yeah, that was the thing that made it in a sense because our executive director here, Natalie Jaranowski, we were having a brainstorming session. And, and at first it came up, boy, wouldn't it be cool if we, because she's always bragging about she loves Utah and those places, and, and she's always bragging about it. And somebody floated the idea, what if we all went out there and did that? And and then she said, I want to think about that. And she came back and figured out a way to make it very, very cost-effective, planned every detail of where we would go and where we would stay and how we'd uh, get it in budget and all those things and honestly, it was the smoothest trip like that I've ever been on in my life. Oh, we, yeah. we, we got there. We got home. Everybody was safe. It was fine. We got all of our footage. And like you said, it, it really was the thing that was the tipping point because it made it where we, would do, we could do nothing but focus on that one thing. And, it was, and that, that made all the difference in the world. And another behind-the-scenes moment is um, – because you know you're looking for a shoestring budget you fly at like two in the morning and right. we got in at like two in the morning and then not only did we get in at two in the morning michael karen led worship the next morning like yeah. i mean came into oh, service right. and led worship um and it was awesome so yeah. i'm i'm proud of him i don't yeah. i don't remember doing any work the next day myself okay <laughs> i may I'm have right, been service leader okay too but we made it happen everything yeah. still happened that's yeah. right um you were gonna say something matt um no the the trip there's too many memories probably. We could probably talk about the trip mm -hmm. the halftime now. It's all like flooding back into my mind. But I will say this, like it was really fun talking about it being scheduled because I'd never been out there before. Um, I've been to Colorado, but not to Utah and seen any of that. And so we're driving in a van, you know, get out at the, some, you know, scenery, pop out. Everybody's got cameras. We're jumping out, getting every footage we can. And then people are bread or now it's like we gotta go we gotta go we're on to the mm -hmm. next i'm like i've never seen this before i'm trying to look <laughs> yeah, at this amazing that's right this is your vacation buddy he was, i know he no, shoot it definitely footage wasn't. and go and it, it was incredible it. but man yeah. we uh <laughs> we were on it it was fun yeah 
Um, so as we, I wanted to go through and just talk about some of the topics. Um, again, you can go to onelifechurch.org slash centered. You can find all the short films there as well as discussions. But uh, we talked about the nature of beliefs. What is a worldview? Where did everything come from? Who are we? Who are humans? What's what's wrong with the world? We see something is wrong, but what is it? Who is Jesus? Um, that's a conversation that we can say historically people are, have been asking. Um, what's the cure? We might see that something's wrong, but what is the cure for that? Um, and is there hope? Those were the the seven weeks of discussions and topics. And so, Brett, my question is, how did you decide on those topics? What was, was there? I know there were a couple um, other ones that we kind of combined into that. Uh, going yeah, I, I think, uh, like I said before, there when it comes to worldview issues, you you can take a lot of. There's a lot of different angles you can uh, find books that explain worldview and. Uh, we tried the game metaphor. Uh, mm-hmm. It didn't work. We talked about that. But there's a book called uh, The Universe Next Door, which I highly recommend. It's by a guy named James Sire, and I read it many years ago. But he was one that helped me really understand what was going on with it, and he used a question format. Uh, and he's used different editions of it. I think he started with six questions, and now he's expanded it to nine questions. And so I started with – I like the question format. I thought, okay, well, that, that helped me a lot, so it seems like it would help others. Mm-hmm. And so – so I kind of took what he did and simplified him. His are a little bit more philosophical. I think he asked the question, "What's prime reality?" Uh, so I didn't, I didn't ask the question, "What's prime reality?" Because I figured I'd spend half the sermon, mm-hmm. you know, you know, trying to explain what's prime reality to start with. So uh, just starting with that question, it was just reducing it down. Uh, I heard a pastor one time say that the best sermons are always the one where you have the most edits laying on the floor. And so that's definitely true of Centered uh, because there were a lot of edits of, the, yeah. of the, even the questions. And like I said, there were nine originally. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what the two that were lost were. Um, so it began there. And then it also, in the cabin in the in Shawnee National Forest, the first real look I, I got at how I'm going to do this was the Christ hymn. That was where it all really began. It started with the Christ hymn, and then the questions came later as far as uh, I think it came around the time of the trip or even after that. But in the in the cabin, it was it, I want to focus on the Christ hymn because I really do want to make it Christ-centered. I don't want it to feel all philosophical all the time and all that. I wanted people... It, my goal was if they walk away with nothing else, they walk away with a real familiarity with the Christ hymn itself because it's such a great statement of Christ identity. And I definitely think that that's true. And then um, something that um, we had celebrated Dan Sullivan this past week and for seven weeks he used yeah. the same verse <laughs> same passage, to continue yeah. teaching um yeah. and pulling things from and it was i, I remember I, I had set it up to where i was listening to them because i had my phone talk to it's me the daily bible readings yeah daily bible mm-hmm. readings on the, the one life um app or on onelifechurch.org and uh, dan writes those for us every weekday and he used the same colossians 1 15 through 20 every day and yep, it's he incredible. did. He pulled it, he pulled it off. Yeah, yeah. There's so many that people was, that have been a part of this. Yeah, and that was very rewarding to me that we got that on the on the boards, and that's the that's the place for our church. I want us to continue to make that center of gravity. We'll go back to it, um, the Christ Hymn itself, and just the questions uh, as as just a DNA uh, mm-hmm. thing in our yeah. church. And we got creative in our worship services, doing the readings in the middle of the worship set. Yeah. Yep. And um, come up with quotes and, and and the Christ hymn using that in there right. and had graphics to go with it. And that was interesting just trying to do something like that. Oh, yeah. During yeah. <laughs> Which I would love for our listeners to do a review of that experience uh, because we did the readings at all three campuses. Uh, they were scripted out. They were readings uh, from uh, just based on the subject of the day, but also we did add quotes and we designed them to 
have someone ancient, uh, you know, someone like the fourth century, but also someone from the 20th century. And there's all kinds of reasons why we did that, that we can get into. I'd love to hear, do people like that or think it was weird or uh, more, bring it on, you know, that kind hmm. of thing. That's a good point. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'd be curious to know that too. But what'd you guys think? I, I okay. like it. Um, a lot of times I was always doing something, so I wasn't able to just experience okay. the service by itself. Yeah. Um, usually working on a broadcast team yeah. or something, but, uh, yeah, but I think in the context of the, I think there was one time, um, it was always funny though, because you had a specific way you had coached people to read them and that never quite happened that way. And so I always <laughs> noticed that first. Yeah. Yeah. They, they were, it was um, always the so, lesson. Like, yeah. okay, my coaching doesn't go very far. It's okay. They still did. Okay. But, but it, it, it for me, it connected so. to like church growing up even a little bit, right. like, but also connected to like, this is important and I, it's flowing through the whole part of the day. Um, yeah. and, and the scripture able to lead off the day. Yeah. It definitely gave our services kind of like that old and new feel. Mm-hmm. And like, right. these are ideas that aren't new. They've been talked about and commented on throughout the centuries and these passages. And I also loved how just like the um, sermon content, the short films, it also kind of gave our services a little more of that um, artful creativity with the bring your brain to church kind of feel. It just kind of, I don't know, there was a lot of substance. It felt like within each service, you took a lot like, wow, there's a lot here. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. Hopefully people but took it, but it, it. because we had so much advanced time, I felt better about us uh, staying on a topic, though. Like there was one essential topic each time. When we talked about who is Jesus, that's what the day was really all about and what is the cure or whatever else. Which brings me to, you know, I, I think it needs to be added. Uh, we have our list of 12 values, but kind of at the core of those 12, we th- say things like we do life in groups and teams and we uh, want to build great cities and those things. But at the core, going all the way back to the beginning was... Uh, the, the thing of art and prayer and power and, and the intellect thing, just providing environment with people who struggle with those things. So the other thing around Centered was I felt like we needed a representational uh, series and experience that represented those things, that, that got all those DNA points, that, uh, especially with art. Uh, the power thing was included, if you will recall, uh, we did have uh, 21 days of prayer leading mm-hmm. up to Centered where we asked people to fast, even Westsiders to fast during the fall festival, <laughs> uh, which <laughs> will go down as some kind of legendary thing. And we did that. So that was the power piece and then the art piece. And that's my segue to kind of talk to Matt a little bit about uh, his art contributions, because even though the scenes are beautiful for me, I remember him showing me he had been out for a while. You had been on your sabbatical, right? Yeah. yeah he'd been on his sabbatical in June and he brought, uh, and he, and he brought in his, uh, um, iPad, iPad. That's yeah. right. Yeah. What's the word for that? <laughs> what do you, what do you youngsters call that thing? Uh, his, his iPad. And, and he was drawing, he had done a project for someone else where he was using some animations and he showed that to me. And honestly, that was the thing that gave me the most hope <laughs> that we could pull off the kind of thing that I was thinking in my head because I couldn't put my finger on it. Uh, because if it had just been nice scenery with a voice, it would have gotten a little draggy, honestly. But it was Matt's animations that really brought it home. And I really and, and I remember thinking that when we were sitting on the airplane, you were showing me that. You're like, I did this, and I was just, oh, can we do that? Oh, please, you know. And you yeah. said, yeah. So, talk a little bit about how do you like, just how do you decide what drawings to do? How do you decide uh, how you're going to do them? What's where is it important, just mm-hmm. creatively speaking? Yeah, there's it happened in a couple different ways depending on where we were at that week in our process of getting the final product done. Sometimes I'd have the video a little bit beforehand. We'd be a little ahead of schedule, and I'd be able to 
see imagery that looked cool to and and then the voice at the same time the script called for something that popped out to me so yeah i I listen for things that one i like think visually and that i saw like an image or a picture or a word the way sarah read it or the meaning that it had in that moment in the script if it popped out to me i would at least write it down as an option to animate or draw a very what it looks like to me and then Sometimes it was just something that I knew we wanted to make very important um, in that. And then so sometimes I would see a scene. I'd be like, ooh, it'd be cool if the words were up against this mountain or tree in this way or on this building in this way that creatively that would be fun to illustrate or draw. And all this was like hand-drawn frame-by-frame animation, which I that project that I showed you was the first time I'd ever done that. But it was kind of a fun thing I took on during my sabbatical because that was rest for me to just draw right. animation. I wanted to learn a new art skill and um that was cool for me and i it was fun to get to apply it to this i didn't get to do it to the level i wanted to on some of the films but on each one i tried to at least have a two or three animations that i tried to try something new with or animate yeah. something really cool like caesar and george washington in a boat in together boat. that's yeah. my favorite one right. um <laughs> but yeah i would <laughs> look for moments that i knew i wanted i would hope that people would want to remember something from or maybe could be playful um creative moments or to just pop an idea um that's kind of how i went about it so well and that's what to me when i say that's what kind of put me over the line on this can work is i'm fairly familiar with video but my my what i wanted was something that see was serious but not so serious that it felt too much that way it was it had a whimsical quality to it and the drawings do that it's like it, it it keeps it um kind of this nice back and forth in my mind between serious intellectual content and good solid stuff. But at the same time, there's a, I don't want to call it playfulness. I don't know if that's the right word, but it's, it, it, it creates kind of a different feel. Uh, that's the same reason I wanted uh, Sarah's voice on them. Yeah, because, the style I went yeah. for was not. I need more clarification on what you were saying. Yeah, the <laughs> style <laughs> I went for is more sketch looking. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it had, it didn't have such a re- edge to it yeah. it was a little nicer a little more because you can just yeah, throw virtual. text up in, in right. a video editing software and right. and and sometimes that really works if you're you know trying to get yeah. a point across but when it feels like someone's speaking and you almost feel like they're drawing at the same time you know like mm-hmm. that there's something there i feel like it connects and it brings your your brain back um we know that you know that creatively like when you see things when it changes i mean any commercial you see when things change fast you're much more likely to be yeah. to be able to pay attention yeah. and and that adds a whole other element where it almost resets your brain to like you might be starting to trail off a little bit and it resets back to and you I, always find really great spots to add the couple text of these are like animations. seven minutes long which yeah. feels long to us we knew that right but I don't know. I don't feel like anybody really complained about the length of them or anything like that. Yeah. At times I had regrets, but I had seen them about 50 times. Right. So it was like, eh, well, we probably could have cut it down there. I could have cut it down. I was, was kind of critical of the, the scripting, but, um, but what I mean by some of that, both the Sarah and the, and the Matt angle was I wanted them in my mind. I wanted them to be able to be communicated to people who were not unfamiliar with the Christian faith at all. They just come on, uh, they find them on YouTube and they, they, they watch them and they don't know a whole lot about the Christ-centered worldview. Maybe they're from a completely different worldview, and they can watch them, and there's an approachability factor. I guess mm-hmm. that's what the, the word I'm looking for. And, and um, so they're, they're speaking truth, and they're even doing some comparisons, but mm-hmm. they're done in a style that's kind of, I can, I can take this in and at least listen to it. And I, yeah. and I do think we accomplished that, and that's why the compliment on your voice and why I do, uh, because I know you have 
an approachable voice, if nothing else. I, uh, uh, I was talking to, I was with some friends a couple of days ago, and we were all talking about listening to audiobooks. Mm-hmm. And uh, one guy was saying he, he, he was literally, someone had died in the middle of doing the audiobook, and they changed narrators oh, on gosh. him. And he said he couldn't listen to the rest of it because it, it, it literally changed how the book was for him. And so he couldn't do that anymore. And I said, that's exactly why I wanted Sarah Inman <laughs> on those films. Because we actually thought about going outside yeah. or maybe mm-hmm. auditioning some people inside the church. But I couldn't get past my mind that she would be the best. She's you got couldn't. that ultimate and, approachable voice. she wasn't voice. even really wanting to do it at the beginning. I know. Shame and, on uh, it. Was yeah. Kind of fun. And, yeah and, and for me, it was, it was really a learning process because I remember doing the first one and I probably did five different recordings. And I remember the very first time we were like, oh, it'll be easier if we just do it in small chunks. And Matt and I were sitting in the, um, the drum cage because we're like, oh, this will be a great like sound booth because, you know, we just don't have a sound booth around here. And so, um, and I would do like sections of it at one at a time. And then I would go back to edit it. And I'm like, this sounds terrible. Like, it doesn't sound well, like. Well, why do you think that? Because well, of the, the classic thing of you don't like the sound of your own voice? or Well, what? no, I mean, it sounded that way because oh, yeah. it didn't feel like it was flowing. And, oh, and okay. um, my background, I, I've spent some time at, working at a radio station. And you do commercials that way. And you can tell a lot of times right. that they're cut in sections. But when I realized, like, this is telling a story, I have to read the whole thing. And so once I started doing that, and then the second time, um, I got some coaching to slow down because that's always coaching for me because I speak fast. I know that. Um, But then slowing down, but then also kind of almost getting it a little monotone, like not having too much emotion behind it. And then each one, I don't know if people notice this, but I tried to add a little bit more emotion each time. And then the last one, I really felt like I was a little bit more myself because for me, like even though we tried to do a little bit of humor, which failed miserably, Um, yeah, that's guess, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 that's the that's the one thing that I, I they were actually intended to have yeah. more of a humor in them, and they we and they didn't, didn't pull that yeah. off. Yeah, we tried. Um, so we talked about this a little bit on the podcast, but we didn't really get to talk about it. But the very first week, um, we had been saying mooses around the office as a joke. We know that the pl- plural of moose is moose. We know this, but we it's just really fun to say mooses. Am I right? <laughs> it's true. It's just fun to say, it and is. so. So we were talking about all the things that we see in the world and one of the lines was mooses and we just thought it'd be funny and it was not taken that way. It was taken, you guys are dumb. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know good grammar. <laughs> it was in the comments on YouTube and we got oh, comments from church. Uh, it's yeah. funny. Like, oh, was funny. No. It was supposed to be funny, but, yeah. but it wasn't. And so it's like the humor attempts died from that film on it's like they were never really (laughs) i think we do um some people can dance i think that was the other people did laugh yeah we did one in the in the film that um some people can dance we said that but but that was but if you go watch the film now mooses is not there so i spent way too much time trying to fix it (laughs) without re-recording it so yeah there you go it it is now gone but uh, now was it hard for you to i mean obviously these are my words yeah but but it's your voice did that get odd? Um, Did you ever find yourself going like, I would never talk this way in yes, a million years? Because there's some words that you use, Brett, that I don't think most people use in their normal vocabulary. Um, and I can't even like remember Lucas? some yeah. of them. There, there, there was, was a few. I think there was more in the first script. But <laughs> what, what, one thing I was going to say, though, it was like this nice mix of these 
more intellectual sounding words, but then this kind of pop culture references too. So it's kind of had a little bit of something for everybody, but we would crack up when we would be (laughs) looking up definitions of some of this stuff while we're doing the editing. Like, what's that mean? Um, I remember the first time I was reading it and it said, we're talking about the Christian worldview and it says the worldview that we espouse. I'm like, what does espouse mean? And am I saying it correctly? Um, It was a learning. It was definitely. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That was funny. And then, uh, I had a hard time with a few words and sometimes sometimes I would just change them because I'm like, I can't say irrevocably. It's very hard for me to say. I don't know why. It is. Yeah, that's right. Because um, a lot of people say irrevocably, yeah. which you don't want to do that. Yeah. So that gets you a moose's comment. But, <laughs> but getting back to your question, I think sometimes it, it was um, it was hard to read it and be like, I wonder what the intent of like how you were wanting this to sound. Um, and the other times, especially the last one, I got so excited reading it because the content of the last one is, is their hope and, and being able to go from like, here's all these things. And then you're reading it and it's like, this is fun. Like it, it just, I don't yeah. know. I really started enjoying yeah. it. Although the last few, um, I'd say we, we started out very much ahead and then, you know, somewhere about three or four in, we were kind of just kept losing a few days. And then mm-hmm. by the end we were, I think we finished the last one the day before we needed to finish it. So, right. Um, or the day of, yeah, the day of maybe <laughs> might've been the day of, it might've been, you never can tell. Yeah. But yeah. So, um, yeah. So there was that tone of humor versus serious and, um, but even editing them, like there was, a, there, I don't know, there's just a point where like you see something, you're working on it. And I think that's something that I'm always curious about. Like, Everyone kind of always asks that question. I think when you're you're creating something, when do you just you say it's done? Because there's a time you want to just continue to work on it. And for us, it was really more about deadlines than it mm-hmm. was being able to do more. But I don't know. Was there ever anything where you're like, I have just I just have to move on to the next thing? Yes, and I, I caught myself, you know, just saying that's good enough. And that's hard, you know, for a creative sometimes when mm-hmm. you have it in your head one way but it's looking another way and I have to switch my brain to do, are, is this not good enough as in it's like trashy or bad or we're giving someone bad, something right. bad. I have to like critique it from the perspective of the end user. Like, are, will they enjoy this still? Will they get something out of it still? And if yeah. that's the case, then cool. Like I could tinker yeah. with it forever. Yeah. And you kind of have to weigh out too, is, is the extra time I'm going to use to fix this little thing. Yeah going to be worth the, uh, isn't going to have the value uh, that I think it's going to at the end. And sometimes you weigh that out and go, I'd love to spend three more hours on this, but I don't know if it's going to be three more hours of value added. I think mm-hmm. it's just going to be three more hours of a uh, nice little tweak that I would like. Cause I would, I would go back and do some things over again. But at the end I thought, well, you know, with this much time is gone, there comes a moment where you just, you do, you have to put it up there and hope people like it. So. And I, I just popped in my head, but I remember, the first few Matt and I were working on them and we were trying to figure out like, how are we going to do this? And then also get back to editing and then the kids videos. And Brett said, let me take one. I can try and edit. And oh, yeah. you took one and you edited, like put an edit together. I did. For, That's right. I think it was yeah. three. Yeah. That was in the, the, in the time when things were not looking chaotic. terribly well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I we sure I can edit. I'll, I'll read it in tutorial or yeah, something. Some but, that, no, yeah. I had done a little, I, I've done some editing for like my daughter's weddings and things like that. There's some family stuff and mm-hmm. just kind of goofed off with my kids. And so knew enough about it to mm-hmm. at least throw some things on a timeline just to maybe give everybody a little bit more helpful. down the Once uh, I actually road. got back to it, I could just yeah. find those shots and be like, oh, this is great. I'm, I love that. I'm going to yeah. move this here. And then, you know, some things we, um, you know, they weren't exactly what we were looking for when we were creating them. So it was helpful to get another yeah. eye looking at it even, you know, just having another person finding um, yeah. 
uh, footage. Yeah, and one thing I've said to you, Sarah, is that I think, and maybe you could say this about yourself too, I think we've grown our skill set because of this series as far Mm -hmm. as what we're capable of, what we had to produce, and how quickly we had to produce it. We had to get better at a few things um, and learn a few more, and that was... That's pretty cool. To, yeah, that's rewarding to get yeah. to do. Yeah, it, because it really was designed to be um, a catalyzing and a foundation at the same time to get us in a different place where we can do this, change the secular worldview of the next generation. Because I was hoping to make this an intro to what we do in the future, not mm-hmm. just kind of a thing we did, and that was really nice. But it really did take us to new levels. There's something about committing to a package like that, like, okay, we're in this. And there comes that point at which you're in and you can't get out. You're like, so we just need to plow ahead. But people get really, really resourceful and very creative about how they've solved problems. And you sweat, and sometimes you want to throw your computer, and you want to do all those things. But at the same time, it really does push you in a whole new level that I think we did. We went to a place that we won't go back to where we were before. Yeah, you I know? agree. You're wondering, like, will we ever yeah. do something like that? I think I know, maybe because question. we learned all that, we'll do something better now. Oh, absolutely. I was talking I to Matt plans. about this today, and mm-hmm. I think it's a question to even. But like, when you do something that you're really, really proud of, which I'm, I'm this is probably one of the things that I've been a part of that I'm probably the most proud of, like the, to be able to show to people. And, um, you know, I was very proud to share it out even on so, my personal social medias and be like, hey, you know, I'm not asking you to do anything except watch because a lot of work went into this and I just love right. for you to watch it. Right. Yeah. And then it, it creates conversations. But then you start thinking like, am I ever going to make anything this like that? I feel like this about again. Yeah. And it's, it's a weird question to process because it I think is. right now it's like we're, we need to take a little bit of time to rest creatively and um, to be able to do something like that again because the whole other side of it is is we want to celebrate too is our kids ministry created seven weeks of content as well Um, and there was a whole team of people that wrote those scripts um, came up with ideas sit in a room and and had ideas and then um, someone else turned them into scripts and then um, Matt and I were part of a team that that created those films as well and so there was just so much that happened. You're like, oh, wow, there's so many things that go on. <laughs> yeah. um, and we, there was a growth group that met at each campus that went through the, our growth group materials for yep. it. And that was led by you know group leaders. And Zach Bilo yep. um, handled taking what we were doing and making it approachable for groups. And I was in on some of that. And those seemed to go pretty smoothly and yep. great. And I did. Anytime I heard anybody reference the the kids thing, they they would say adults would say the kids are locked in. They are mm-hmm. engaging in this. It is working because that was the big question. How do you translate these concepts over to mm-hmm. a third grader? And it they pulled it off. They really did. The guys did an amazing job. Guys, girls, everybody. I mean, and it, these are most mostly volunteers as well. And uh, and Sarah and Matt, for those of you who may not know, guided them through the process and had to uh, help them with all that and had to show up on evenings and film things and, and do all the rest but uh um, but in the end it really it really was what we talked about a year ago and that's mm-hmm. i think that's the most gratifying thing of all of uh it went from idea to reality and that's a pretty good feeling and it's time for a break yeah, <laughs> that's why i'm literally on vacation he right is, now. and he came in just to record <laughs> and, and this podcast guys, so thank yeah, you for but doing you guys that. need to do that too yeah. yeah um that's coming up for me and yeah. um yeah i don't know anything that as you're kind of walking away now like that you're I don't want to say do differently things that you've learned they say hey you know next time um, I create something like this or the process anything that you would say man for anyone listening that is a creative or maybe thinking about starting a new project any kind of suggestions or um, guidance you would give them going into something like this mine is a little controversial but I, I got this at a <laughs> at a Christian conference okay at a writing class 
because I've always wanted to do writing, but I never knew the expression of it. And I may have found my thing in doing the films because I really enjoyed that um, and giving someone else's voice to. <laughs> but uh, I think it was an Ernest, Hem- Ernest Hemingway quote, and he said, "Write drunk, edit sober." Okay, so I'm saying that now. Now, what he meant by that, "write <laughs> uh, drunk, edit sober," means mm-hmm. I don't drink. I, uh, but what he meant by that was when you first write out an idea mm-hmm. or just write and don't, don't pause to edit. Don't, don't think about editing. Don't think about how your language, don't think about how your sentences are running on or, or where you put commas or sentence or, or any of that. Uh, he said, don't do any of the editing because a lot of us get struggle if we're trying to write, whether it's a film or a book or a blog or anything like that. Uh, and I, I read, a. Uh, another great author uh, talked about that as well. I said, you write with the door closed and you write with the door open. When you write with the door closed, just throw things on paper. And that's where all those started. And I took that advice and just started throwing things at the paper and all, and then you go through it and there's about three good ideas in there, but ideas are in there. And then you start the editing process and that's mm-hmm. where, so that was very, very helpful to me because it got me going. Cause always it was intimidating. I, go, oh, I got to write another one of these films, you know, <laughs> oh dear, where am I going to start? Well, just start. And you just literally start typing and whatever idea comes in your head, you throw it on the paper. That's how it works. Yeah. Any for you, Matt? Hmm. It's hard to say cause it's just so fresh off yeah. of it. Um, it was a little tough. It's hard with any big creative project, this, especially in, in our world of having to produce content Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, if we, you know, could have somehow found some way to be ahead, I wondered how we could have promoted it out a little broader while we were doing it. And maybe we can still do that, which is a good thing. I mean, the content is there. It's not even, we designed it to not have to be about just being used in a Sunday morning experience. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about it. I just want to make sure we're uh, using it and continue to use it. I think that would be really fun. Oh, something I found fascinating. Um, because the first week we post we post the videos every week on social media um, right after the service would 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 happen and um, the first week there was so much like buzz about it and you know people sharing it and the second week there was a little bit and the third week a little bit less mm-hmm. and then a little bit less and then I think maybe who is Jesus which was five um, kind of spiked up and then six was kind of down and then seven was back up and it's just it's fascinating to kind of even watch that whole process of like you know how can you do that even better to where people are continually connecting with it um, and it's something that they want to share out why it was you know was the first one just because it was like oh wow this was the first one yeah. I assume you know um, there's been a lot of buzz around one life about it so there's yeah. a whole lot of process there but for me I think it's just being okay with um, like finding other people to come in and help because um, I'm not really good at that because <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, really. um, I just want to do it like I want to get it done I know what I need to do but being okay with taking the time to like train some other people so even when we were working with the kids videos um, I can think of um, a couple students that came in almost every time and helped and it was amazing and it mm-hmm. got to the point where I just said you know how to do that I'll trust you to do that and they would take care yeah. of it and I, I love that I love seeing you know people coming in and not only wanting to be a part of it um, but creating a skill set for themselves as well that can continually be just beneficial for them. So I'd love to yeah, see that's that. A, that's a great point. In the end, we, we say we do life in groups and teams, and, and the collaborative part of it is my favorite part of it. And that's, that's the reason I love doing things like this. Uh, I don't like to just do sermons. I, I would rather, if I had the time and resources, I would do things like we did in Centered all the time uh, because it becomes this massive collaborative effort of a lot of different creative people uh, putting their gifts in where it makes something that you never could do by yourself. Yeah, and, and I, 
you made me think about when the volunteers and people would come and help. They're kind of seeing the content with fresh eyes and yeah. an excitement that would kind of get me excited about it again when I'm in the trenches a little bit, right. worrying about getting it done and kind of tired of hearing the same things and seeing how other people react to it. Like you talked about the Who is Jesus one, kind of saw a spike. I remember playing that one in the room in, at West Campus, and they like gave it an ovation afterwards. And I'm like... <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's right. We did make something uh, good. Uh, there you maybe, go. Maybe, I hope. <laughs> and it was all about Jesus, and that's yeah. the best thing. Yeah, know, so. absolutely. And and that is one of our hopes, is that this content continues to be something that people use, whether that's you, if you're listening now and, and looking, if you haven't listened um, to any of the Centered Films, or maybe you've watched a few, there's still opportunities to watch that, and we'd still love for people to share those out. That'd be great to be able to continue the conversation along. So thank you guys so much for um for being a part of even the podcast. The podcast was part of the Centered series as well. We tried to have some different uh-huh. yeah. different conversations, and I think that was really fun. It was really different to be able to just hear some different perspectives and even hear some people going from doubt to belief. Uh, some of those stories I, I didn't even know, and it was beautiful to be able to hear those. So um, we're excited for you know taking a little break, but then also coming back with some creative things, especially in the beginning of 2020, and um, we've got some some cool stuff coming up. We do. Yeah. Um, Brett, I hope you enjoy your vacation. Thank you very much. So thanks for coming I in am. and enjoying hanging out with This is with Matt work and I. for me. This is great stuff. I appreciate it. And Matt, fun. it's always fun to hang out with you, even yeah. though we hang out together in the office just about every day. Right. So, but we get to talk about fun stuff like this. So It was fun. Thanks, guys. Cool. It was. Thank you guys for listening. We'd love to hear from you guys. You can email us at podcast at onelifechurch.org. You can leave a comment on YouTube or on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you're listening to this podcast. We'd love for you guys to share that out, let more people hear this great content and have an opportunity to continue that conversation even further. Our music was produced by Michael Robertson and Ben Brock. My name's Sarah and I produced this episode.